Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Today's guest is the president and CEO of the YMCA of Central Kentucky, and she's here to celebrate a huge milestone, 170 years of YMCA Central Kentucky. She was a delight to have in the studio, and if you have the opportunity to just sit down with her and pick her brain, I highly encourage you do so. Here is Paula Anderson. love this purple. The oh, purple you. is so good. I really like the purple, too. Pink and purple are my thing. So. Now, is it a fall choice that no. we're just no. all the time? It's I love kind it. Of my go-to. I love. Okay, and so. black. Lots of black. Of course. Right? Well. Yeah, basically. We see. It's exactly. October. So this episode will actually, we're recording in October, mm-hmm. but it won't come out until November. But I have to ask, what are you wearing to the Black Cat Chase? In just a few weeks. <laughs> well, the Black Cat Chase um, has a history of being a little rainy. We're going to do the rain <laughs> dance, this, the anti-rain dance oh, yes. this year, and hope that we get a good evening. So I dress appropriate to the weather <laughs> for Black, Jack, Black Cat Chase. Um, if it's warm, we'll, you know, we'll dress one way. If it's cool, we'll dress another. And the answer to your question is I have no idea because I haven't thought about it. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun time either way. Yes. And th- with the weather being so crazy right now, like I'm drenched in sweat right now and it's the end of October. So I don't know. Who knows? Right. It'll be it's a supposed party. to be in the 70s and partly cloudy. Beautiful. The last time I looked at the forecast. Now so. we are celebrating 170 years yes. of YMCA of Central Kentucky, yes. which is crazy. But before we get into that, I kind of want to hear a little bit about your story and how you got involved with the YMCA and specifically YMCA of Central Kentucky. So can you take me all the way back to the beginning? Oh my goodness, all the way back to the beginning. uh, Really, I got involved with the Y just like a lot of people get involved with the Y when my kids were little. Yeah. And um, I did not have a Y where I grew up, but my husband did. And so when they got old enough to want to play soccer, basketball, so even T-ball at the time, uh, flag football, he was like, well, we got to go to the Y. And so we became Y people at that point. And my, I have two sons who are now adulting, uh, but <laughs> they learned all their sports basics, sportsmanship, teamwork at the Y. 
And we've played, I, I tell people, we've played all over Lexington oh, with yes. Y Sports. So, and they, they turned into Y kids, right? And so they also went to a YMCA run after school program at Southern Elementary. A fun little story uh, one of our board members at our Beaumont Y was my son's uh, group leader in the after school program oh at Southern gosh. Elementary quite some time ago. So <laughs> everything comes around and around and around. Right? Yes. So that's how I got involved initially. And then when my youngest actually was going to college, um, I most of my career was in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And when he started going to college, I, I really wanted a change. And so I took a little path and worked for a, a wonderful small company in the area for about 16 months and then decided I really wanted a community-facing role. And mm-hmm. so the Y and I just kind of happened to be the, – the Y was in the market for, uh, at the time, an HR person at the time, and I was in the market for – a nonprofit role, and the rest, as they say, is history, history. right? Karma. Now, how long have you been with the Y? I came to the Y as a professional in 2016. Okay. And, um, you know, it's been an eventful seven years. Can you tell me a little bit about the way that things have changed since, like, those first few months of yeah. you being at the Y to now? Because there have been so many changes in the world and the way that society is run. So what does that look like for you all? I think one of the changes is that we've learned to uh, embrace systems and, and automation and technology far more than we were doing in 2016. Mm. And I think the social media aspect of that is a really big change for every organization, but particularly for us is how we tell our story, how we get information out there. Um, we, we COVID came along and blew everything up, right? Yep. And I remember driving home the night that the, this is a fun story, so you can use it if you want. <laughs> yes. You don't, you don't have to. Um, the governor had just announced that all businesses except essential services had to close down mm-hmm. on um, that Saturday at five o'clock. So I think this was like a Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I literally, I'm, a, I'm an interim CEO at the time, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what in the world? Are we going to do? I mean, got to close our facilities. Right. And I remember the question was really, how do you stay relevant in in a situation like that when when people think of you as really based in that facility model, right? Mm-hmm. Even though we did other things in the community, the buildings were who we were. Right. And I remember driving home, and it's, in my mind at least, it's a dark and stormy night. I don't know whether <laughs> it really was. It probably or was. That was just my <laughs> mental state at the time. But my cell phone rang. Um, and I didn't recognize the number. Mm. And I, I usually, like everybody else, kind of put those aside, right? But something just said, answer that. And I did. And it was um, the director of the, the CHI Health Foundation. And she said, Paula, we I've never met her. I still haven't met her. We've oh. only been connected, you know, through email and things like that. Um, and she said, Paula, we need help. We've got to have child care. Can you help? And I said, oh, my gosh, sure, we'll figure it out. Right. But give me until in the morning. And literally that was at like 7 o'clock at night on my drive home. The next morning, driving to work after I had convened the team at 8 o'clock to talk about this, I got the second call, and it was from um, UK. And they had the same request as, can you help with emergency child care? And so those two phone calls 
changed our trajectory right. during COVID and allowed us to do something that wasn't in our normal I mean, childcare is obviously in our normal portfolio. Emergency childcare was not. Right. And turning over the weekend, we turned three of our Lexington facilities into childcare centers. Oh um, my gosh! Because that's all we could do in them, right? But so that that moment, I think, was um, a, a little bit of an epiphany for me to to always to sometimes you just have to step forward and say, we will figure this out. Mm. And that's what we did. And I think it taught our organization a lot about resiliency and flexibility and responding without knowing all the answers, because we didn't know any of the answers when we got into that situation. So that was kind of a, a, I think a a critical moment for us to really think about ourselves differently and Mm -hmm. to even coming out of COVID to, to ask the question of how do we serve, uh, who do we serve, and how should we serve, mm. which is a question, you know, we, we put to ourselves all the time. And as the leader of that organization, there has to be some sense of, like, not only pride but pressure, especially in moments yeah. like that, to, you know, be a good leader. So what does that look like for you, and how do you approach being the CEO of an organization that does make such a big impact in our community? Well, I, I think – Part of it is um, always trying to be tuned in to what the community needs are and to be willing to listen to what those needs are, even if it's maybe not exactly where we think our sweet spot is. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't always have to provide the services, but can we be a conduit to the services? Do we have other partners to the services? Um, I think it taught us to, to really look beyond our windows and our walls and to think about who we are not just as a facility, but right. as an organization. And um, that resilience that, you know, if, you, if I look back on the blur, the blur really mm-hmm. of two years of that, um, I'm most proud of how resilient the team was. They stuck with us. Yep. And we didn't lose very many people at all. They're still here. Uh, the core staff is. And um, they grew a lot as people. They grew a lot as leaders. And they grew a lot as a team during that period. And I'm very proud of that. What is your favorite part about not only being the leader of YMCA Central Kentucky, but just being a member of that team? Oh, my favorite part. Um, Watching them grow really is my favorite part. And trying to learn. I'm a control freak. I'm Mm -hmm. just full confession, right? I get it. One of the things COVID taught me was that you can't be. And... um, now, my family might still argue that a little bit, but in, in a work sense, I think my personal growth during that period was to accept that you can't control everything and that sometimes there's somebody who's better at it than you are. Mm. And so learning to step back, let the team step forward. They know pools and they know buildings far better than I do. They know programming better than I do. Um, watching, letting them have that space to really strut their stuff, um, mm-hmm. if you will, was a great joy to me, uh, continues to be a great joy to me, even as we evolve again, kind of coming out of COVID. Mm. Now, I want to take you back to the year 1853. We were all there, <laughs> right? Fortunately not. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, a few things that happened that year that I was very excited about. Stephen Foster had just written My Old Kentucky Home. Did not know that. Um, that's the year that Central Park was created. Super excited about it. Potato chips were created that year. So, like, so many good things. But one of the biggest 
YMCA Central Kentucky was founded. So tell me about how the impact, not just in like the past seven years, especially with COVID, how has the Y played a part in our community since those very early, early 1800 days? Well, you know, the Y, excuse me, the Y was founded in London, England, um, I think seven years before Mm. this Y was founded. This is actually one of the oldest YMCAs in the country. The first was in Boston Mm -hmm. um, in 1850, I think. Don't hold me to that one. I'd I'd need to check the date. (laughs) And just three years later, and and I think we're the fifth Y in the country um, to to be founded. And really to think about um, any organization that survives over that long period of time Mm -hmm. has to be an organization that adapts. Right. And uh, response. Now, the Ys had ups and downs and backwards and forwards during that 170 years, too. But to consistently serve for 170 years, you have to have committed volunteers. You have to have committed staff. And, you know, the Y used to just be Young Men's Christian Association, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was young men who came together in, in London, England, industrial London in 1850 um, because they were basically... Uh, young men who'd come in from agricultural England and been dumped into the city uh, that was evolving into, Mm. you know, heavy industry, and they were alone. And so they came together um, as a group for Bible study and fellowship because of that. And I think if you think about the why, that's always what brings Mm. us back, is that we have the ability and the spaces to provide opportunity for community. And regardless of what we're doing, whether it's after school, whether it's summer camp, whether it's uh, a live strong class, what we're really doing is building community. And I think people throughout our history have needed that and wanted that and sought that. And I think that's why, I think that's the secret sauce to mm-hmm. how the YMCA of Central Kentucky survives for 170 years. Now, how are you all celebrating? Because I know it's year long that you're going to be moving and grooving <laughs> and partying. We've been and... kind of moving and grooving all <laughs> since about March. Uh, our actual birthday is November the 22nd. Yay. Um, and so the week of November the 13th, we're going to be a, a lot more, you know, that's our birthday yep. celebration week. And we'll be doing a lot of things in the locations. And um, But what we really wanted to do, too, was give back, right, mm. because that's what we do. So this summer we, we gave away 170 weeks of free camp for kids who might not have ever been able to do it. Actually, we gave away more than 200. The team took that charge and ran with it. Uh, So that was a lot of fun to have kids who might not have been with us any other time. Um, That week, we're also going to do 170 hours of volunteer work as a Mm. staff back in the community. I think we've got a habitat build that we're going to help out on. Uh, We're going to do some works with our friends over at the Hope Center. And we want to rack up 170 hours of volunteer work. Uh, time to other organizations that week. So that's who we are. And, um, you know, we thought about doing some big fancy bash and letting everybody get <laughs> dressed up. That's just not right. That's not necessarily who we are as an organization. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel right. And so we may do that sometime down the road, but not for this one. This one was really, you know, this community has sustained us. How can we sustain the community? Mm-hmm. If there are people who want to become more involved with either helping out in the 170-year celebration things, or if they just want to be more involved with YMCA Central Kentucky, how can they do that? 
Well, I'd encourage anybody to go to the why nearest you and ask that question. But also, um, we we do have a volunteer link on the website. You can go, go there, ymcacky.org. Um, you can give us a call, and, and we'll use the contact us on the website and reach out. And we'll I, I had somebody reach out this morning, and I have uh, the person who helps me out with a lot of stuff at the Y reach out to him to see how we could get him involved. So uh, a lot of the involvement can be around events, a lot of the involvement board work. Um, we, we, we love to have whoever's out there um, be part of us. Now, we are going to take... We, we just took a step back. We're going to take a big leap into the future. So let's say that budgets are not restricted. We have all oh, wow. of the money in the world. Ooh. We have all of the time in the world. We have all of the volunteers in the world. And we are 170 years in the future. Wow. What do you envision for YMCA Central Kentucky for what growth looks like? Maybe a, a dream program that you all could have. What is the the big hope for 170 years? You know, if I could if if I could wave my magic wand and say, what would I like the Y to accomplish in 170 years? I would love to see everyone in our community have equitable access to mm. to every opportunity. So, how do we facilitate that? Right? Can we facilitate with our school partners? Uh, making sure all children are reading on grade level in the third grade. Can we facilitate with our Hope Center partners and city partners and make sure everybody has a safe place to live? I mean, I don't think we do all of that alone. You don't Mm -hmm. do any of that alone. You do it with your community partners. Um, I would love for Lexington 170 years from now, um, if we believe in reincarnation, maybe we'll be back in some capacity, (laughs) um, to really be that place where – that we all live together in in uh, the poverty and the 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 opportunities that kids have to learn, grow, and thrive are equal, mm. and that's where I think we have a role to play is making sure that we are a facilitator for that. And if we do that, and we do that work well, then I think that we'll be here long, lot longer than 170 years. I'd also selfishly. Because we have communities around us who would yeah. love to have wise, would love to be able to say that, you know, we're not just serving Lexington and Frankfurt, but we're serving Frankfurt better. We're serving maybe Scott County. Mm. Um, we collaborate with our other YMCAs in the area to really take that more regional view of because, you know, people, people live regionally. They yeah. don't necessarily just live in one little spot now. Right. A lot of our families live in Georgetown. And oh, they yes. commute in to work. Um, we have folks who come to the Whitaker YMCA who live in Winchester because yep. it's on their way home. Lexington's a hub, and how we become a hub is a, a great opportunity, I think. So in addition to uh, our birthday celebration, November, the week of November the 13th, we have Fit Fest coming up at the North Lexington YMCA on November the 4th which is a fun opportunity for people to come out and try different things at the Y. So that's from 9 to 11 11 on November the 4th. Everybody's welcome for that. We have um, Ranger Ramble, which is our kind of season-ending last race of the year on (laughs) on December the 9th at Keeneland, and you can register for that online at ymcacky.org as well. The Ramble is also interesting in that it's usually very cold. Oh, I can't imagine. Mm -mm. But it's fun because people come up, they dress up, you know, they do silly stuff, and we have a good time out there. I told Brent, I was like, I will will dress up. 
I will mm-hmm. embarrass myself and have the best time. Layers are <laughs> lots of layers at yes. the Reindeer Ramble. Yes. All those costumes help with that. So. All right, Miss Paula. Every episode right. we do a thing I like to call BGCF Fast Facts, which is where I give you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first answer. Oh, I've been thinking that about pops them up. <laughs> <laughs> are you I ready? I'm ready. What are you reading right now? I actually have a book club that's been together for about 10 years uh-huh. of feisty women. And we are reading Demon Copperhead, which is Brenda Kingsolver's Pulitzer Prize winning fiction. Um, I usually have two books going at one mm-hmm. time. The other one on my nightstand is actually Democracy um, um, Awakening by Heather Cox Richardson, Notes on the State of America. And I've been waiting for her book to come out. It's, it's been a great rational voice in the last couple years so I'm excited to read it. Tell me a little bit about this book club really quick. How many women? <laughs> There's 10 of us. We've been together almost 10 years. Uh, we all kind of are former journalists uh. who started this book club and um, yeah we, we read lots of really diverse books mm-hmm. um many of which i wouldn't maybe normally pick up on my own sure so that's the and beauty we, of a book club yeah and then we get together and we eat and we talk and visit and it's great Ugh. they were very sustaining for me during covid particularly i mean it was a you know having that even though we were sometimes not meeting physically yep. we were meeting virtually um that it was it was just a great mm. that community again right we all look yep. for those communities and that's part of mine shout out to the girl group absolutely what are you watching right now uh, a lot of baseball and oh. uh, a little bit of college and professional football. So okay. Do you have a team? Uh, oh, I hesitate to tell. I don't have a team in the baseball playoffs. Okay. Because I really, you know, I'm just interested. They're great games. Yeah. Um, Dallas Cowboys are my football team. So. Uh oh. Do you get flack for that a lot? I do get a little bit of flack for the Dallas thing yeah. every now and then, but I, I don't care. I've, no. My dad was a Dallas fan. I'm a Dallas fan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down, go down the tubes with them. I so. love it. Yep. What are you listening to right now? You know, I'm not a big listener of podcasts ah. and things like that. Um, I don't like something in my ear all the time. Yeah. I mostly listen in the car, and I'm a news junkie, so I'm always tuned into uh, news radio in mm-hmm. the car, whether it's uh, UKY or, or MSNBC or CNN or whatever. So you got to stay on top of it. Got to stay on top of the news. What are you eating right now? Oh, gosh, this is such a hard question. Too much. Uh, Same. <laughs> Truly. It's, it's <laughs> These pants are hanging on for dear life, let me tell you. It's soup weather. Uh, yes. I made my first big pot of soup this weekend, so that'll that'll be a staple for us. What kind of soup? I need chicken chili. Oh, I make a really good chicken chili, by oh. the way. So if I you want to bring little, me some. Got a little leftovers going on. So. Mm. What are you most scared of? <laughs> I have to think about that one. Deep water is my personal deep dark fear Mm -hmm. so you know aquatic safety is kind of our deal and so uh, here you have a CEO who's really not a fan of deep water so Uh I try to manage that but uh, that would be my little and then control those control things oh yes Uh, spinning out of things spinning out of control that you can't can't uh, anticipate let me tell you my siblings I love them with all my heart but they are forcing me to go on a cruise in February and I and beside myself. I don't think I'm going to like it. I don't like open water. My biggest fear is an octopus. <laughs> All of those things. I'm not interested. So I'll report back. I, I can. I can. Some, I've never done a cruise. I don't have any interest in doing a cruise. Nope. Sorry if you have any cruise advertisers on here. Yep. No. We but, love and appreciate you, but. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm with you. On the opposite side, what are you most proud of? 
Oh gosh, you know, with mom, mom pride. I'm proud of my kids and the, the grownups that they're becoming. Um, why proud? I'm just, I'm so proud of the work that we did, and as a leader, really proud of the growth that I've seen. And not that we still don't have work to do, we do, mm-hmm. but um, really seeing people find themselves and step into uncomfortable shoes sometimes has been really a source of pride and and really a motivating thing for us over the last couple of years. Mm. Who do you look up to? You know, I I had to think about that question a lot. Um, I I look up to leaders who are doing the really hard work on the ground, Mm. and I don't think I can single out one, but the people who are really doing work in the opioid space, the people who are really doing work uh, it, it, during COVID, the health department people, yeah, um, the people who you know are doing what's not always appreciated, uh, people who are doing the gun violence prevention work, mm. um, that's hard work. And they're not well paid and they work lots of hours and um, they, I think, are the community heroes that we all need to be supporting. Mm. What are you most looking forward to? I don't know. Um, usually I say the beach, except I didn't get there this year. So. <laughs> and not the ocean. Those are different. I, no, no. You sit on the beach, you watch the ocean. <laughs> yes. You don't have to be in the ocean. <laughs> correct. Because octopus are not going to get you on the beach, right? That is correct. Um, I, I'm looking forward, to, I'd say some downtime, but that's probably not going to happen. Mm. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of how the next year or so um, unfolds for the Y and the community. I think we have a lot of critical issues to work on together, and I'm anxious to see how we approach that, and I'm very optimistic about it. Mm. Why do you love our community? I love our community because it's big enough to have a lot of great things, easy access to a lot of great things. Um, I think we care about each other mm-hmm. um, for the most part. We have, you know, moments I'd like everybody else. But I also, I, I like that it's big enough to have those things and small enough to really, I tell people all the time, this is a small town. Um, don't, you're not going to keep many secrets here. Yeah. And that's interesting in the size town it is, right? But I, I love Lexington. You know, last week I had some out-of-town guests um, and forced me to kind of take a step back and just entertain as opposed to, to um, uh, just working all the time. So we went to Keeneland. We went to Castle mm. and Key. We took a long drive on the back roads with the, the leaves. And, you know, it's just a beautiful spot. And it has so many wonderful attributes to it. I've been here now more or less most of my adult mm-hmm. life. Um, I went to school here, left for a few years, and came back. And I think it's been a great place to raise kids. It's been a great place. The quality of life is fabulous. Mm-hmm. And a lot of good people. Why do you love yourself? Oh, that was the question that I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Do I love myself? Sometimes. <laughs> I'll tell you what I like. I feel really comfortable in my skin these days. And um, I think particularly women, I'm just going to put mm. that out there, is that, you know, we spend our lives kind of trying to be all things to all people. And I like that at this point in my life and my career, um, I don't feel that pressure anymore. I, I love where I am in the moment. Mm. And I think that's the first time I would say that, to be honest with you. Um, but it's a, it's a kind of a liberating force. I would I would encourage younger women to figure that out. Uh-huh. Um, but it's I think part of it is just getting to the stage of your life. You know, my kids are grown. 
Um, this is my capstone from a career perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about what's next. And I think that's a very freeing, um, freeing time of life. Do you think that that comes with time or experience or kind of a culmination of both? What does... What did that look like for I, you? I do think it, t- it comes somewhat with time and experience, but also um, letting go of some things that mm. when you're Control. young, you don't want to let go of, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not you're not going to be a size two forever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe none of us are. Some of us are never going to be a size oh, two. Oh, me? No, never. Uh, me either. Um, you know, th- those things become less important when you find a, a greater purpose. Mm. And I think uh, I think that is a, a, an aged experience and... Um, um, maturity mm-hmm. uh, more than anything else, but also finding your place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I found my place. Last question. What do you have going on? How can people get in touch with you? Give us all of the goods. Well, if you want to, me, me, or the why. <laughs> the why. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be friends, we can also give out your personal information. <laughs> I get enough phone calls. Thank you. <laughs> no, ymcacky.org is the, the font of all information about the why, but also really encourage you to follow us on social media, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, um, uh, all the things. Instagram, yeah. thank you. And there were <laughs> even a little bit on TikTok, which I think is the root of all evil, but it we'll, is. we'll pretend anyway. Gosh, I love it so much, but it's so bad. <laughs> it's very bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really glad TikTok did not exist when my kids were growing up. <laughs> Correct. But no, we're out there um, with everything. And if you follow us, you'll get all the news and the updates and a lot of fun stories mm-hmm. about the why. And, and you might you might find that we're a lot more than a gym mm-hmm. and a pool. And in fact, I like to tell people that's really not what we are at all. We're, we're a community and a cause. And um, uh, come join us and find out would be my parting shot. Mm. Paula, thank you so much for being here. This was so lovely. You'll have to come back for 171. (laughs) That could probably happen. Now, if you want to say 175, I might might have to argue (laughs) that one. But no, I'd love to. Uh, Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.